Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Good morning, everybody. Hello. Good morning, Ben. Uh, thank you for coming to class today. Mm. That's, that's how I'm to living up. today. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for showing up to class today. How are we all doing? Are you okay? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're all great in our own ways. <laughs> yeah. uh, your COVID recovery. I, I am. I no longer have COVID. Yeah. 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 Uh, I am just out of the woods on non-covid plops hmm. um and ashton's just been i'm really tired crying. <laughs> bless you yeah very busy few days i'm tired yeah, yeah. i am all those things when i said just been crying i don't mean five minutes yeah ago, I literally I mean. i've they, i've just finished crying they said get in and do their their podcast yeah, we do have to do this every week yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's a kicking and experience. screaming i don't want to do the podcast so what yeah. we're saying is that we're all super flipping pumped to be here. It's going to yeah, be a great and episode. To talk to mm. you about video games. Uh, because I had COVID, I had to cancel weekend and evening plans for last week. And I've, I tell you what, the what we play in section is going to be, it's going to have a duration on it. Well, that's mm. good because mine's pretty empty. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, then don't worry, guys. If you want to hear about what we've been playing, which is a section that we may or may not have done before, mm. I can confirm that we have been playing. Playing things. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, before we go any further, we are sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. We are. You did a sharp intake of breath there. Which, yeah, because I got excited. Warning. Oh, I thought maybe warning. Warning signs. Warning. No, Has I, she not brought the... I have. Never fear. I have <laughs> bought the sponsor. Okay. Um, so it's, it, I remember, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, um, Peter brought along a sponsor, Like a Dragon, Itchin? Was that... No, that wasn't me. I think was that was, you? That might be me, yeah. I think, yeah. Oh, it was yeah, it was the new Dermatologically. Yeah, sorry. Dermat uh, my dermatologically, apologies. is that right? Pass. Dermatologically? Mm-hmm. One of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they have also, they've got a different um, game coming out. Um, we know that the game that they're coming out, Like a Dragon Ishin, is set in the 1600s. But they were like, maybe something a bit more recent. So they've gone for 1980s America. Yes. And we've got uh, like a dragon bitching. Whoa. Whoa, that's pretty. That sounds cool. Yeah, sounds like, bitching. Um, sounds bitching. Like Eleven from Stranger Things. She's uh, the one in the gift. Yeah, that, that does bitching. that. Oh, 
Oh. Had a little bit of black screen there. And then the poltergeist just like Probably. stops swearing. <laughs> yeah. Flip chin. Flip chin. That's cool. What happens in this game? Please? Uh, you basically just hanging around with a bunch of 80s teenagers. Mm. Um, there's no like real crime that's happening. Like you're just kind of milling around, the going to the breeders, mall. Maybe. No, Peter. Oh. Don't be silly. Oh, that would be silly. They're they didn't teenagers. have dog breeders in the 80s. They no. had dogs in the 80s. No. In, dogs weren't invented until the 90s. Yeah. Dogs weren't real. Yeah. Uh, you go to the mall. To the, the mall. mall, yeah. The mall. And then you hang around on the on the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, what is that? Uh, I think it's like a seafront. It's like, it? yeah. Okay. Uh, always wondered. And, the boards. Yeah, and you go on skateboards. Yes. Just, but you can't, board. actually. What? Related things. What? Because it's not real. Aww. Oh, <laughs> the well, camera's and you've broken the camera. Frozen. It was so such an intense <laughs> sponsor that that we've not even gotten four minutes into the podcast, and we're back. There we are. Uh, if you're watching Fixed. a video version, we just we froze there. A little for treat a, for you for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So it's not real. No. That's really sad. I've spent that entire as soon as you said hanging out with teenagers in the eighties. I've spent every single second since trying to do the mental maths to work out how old a teenager in the 80s is today. Oh, they would probably be like... 55? Yeah. Mid-50s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that right? They'd be a mum. Seems cruel, doesn't it? Yeah. Time's so unfair. I was unfair. trying to do the mental maths to work out what sort of um, kind of clique or, or theme there would be in the 80s. Like, for some reason, my head went straight to, to greasers who are like 60s, aren't mm, they? Yeah. Um, but I just kept imagining these 1980s kids in leather jackets with like quiffed hair. Poochie. In their is diners. What is what you're thinking Yeah, poochie. Is, it's more is like more. preppy, isn't it? Yeah, 80s. it is. It's not, it's not the greasers at all. Um, but uh, hey, we got there. And it's not real, so oh, you don't even got to do shame. any mental maths. God damn it. So like a dragon bitching is not real. No. Uh, however, I'll tell you what is real. Patreon.com forward slash team triple jump where for as little as $1 per month, you can support this podcast and triple jump as a whole and submit questions to this podcast. Do you want your question read out? You want a chance of that? Make sure you ask a question that we haven't done before and there could be a chance and you know you, you'll be supporting us at the same time so we'd really appreciate that there's loads of other tiers available too where you can get uh, exciting rewards such as worst games ever two days before everybody else weirdest fan, games ever yeah a fan pack a fan pack that's exciting you only get one of those to yeah. be clear you can't like cancel and then resubscribe and then get yeah. another fan pack t-shirt if, um, if you really want to splurge, Peter will paint you a picture. Mm-hmm. Live An on the internet, picture. whatever you like. You get signed copies of Worst Games and Weirdest Games Ever's yeah. of Days Gone. Not Days Gone the game, but just Maybe. old episodes. Well, possibly. <laughs> got one. But old episode um, boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, All sorts oh, of Oh, the camera's there. frozen again. Oh, how long yeah. has that been like Damn that? it, and it's like my face is funny again. Uh, no, how, well, we need to keep an eye on that. Is it going to... This is what... See, Cultaholic have a producer who sits in here with us. Uh, with them maybe we deserve that yeah so we can have someone who double clicks should and, we go and, and deactivates and activates the camera faff around with the wire a so bit so it stops should, should i should i have a faff yeah. uh yeah patreon.com forward slash team triple jump and also before we get into question one if you go to triplejumpshop.com right now uh we have in stock once more the oh yeah here we go sports time t-shirts mm. a few of you've been asking for those to go back in stock because we sold all of them so come grab yourself There's one more. There's more there now. Peter, have you got the first question of it? I have. But what I can can say as well while you're fixing that is uh, that if you go to the shop or if you go to Patreon and support us um, with either of those methods and allow us to, you know, earn a bit of dollary dues, we might be able to buy a 
cable slash camera combination that doesn't just flip itself in in the air every so often. I don't really know what I'm doing. No. Well, normally it's like flipped it. over the top, but it's not flipped over the top yeah, today. It seems like someone's been moving su cam the camera. It's <laughs> just passed in front of the lens. So. <laughs> How's that? Does that might, right? well, we'll just see, won't I mean, we, whether it... It's not it... like we're having sort of slight tremors that are knocking it out. No. freezing it, so I don't know what could have caused that. Well, we'll, we'll find we'll out. Take. We'll keep calm and carry on. Mm. Yes. Um, tis tis the way. Yeah. So, okay. it's time for question one from Blake Thomas. It says, Heya, whoever the BAP is here today. All of us. All of us. It is spin-off time. What are some underfocused characters or mechanics from your favorite games that you think could make a great spin-off? Waluigi's Wacky Worlds, Mobile Blacksmith Sindri. Uh, we can't let Tiny Tina and Tingle have all the fun. No. No, we, we can't. Cannot. Tiny Tina, quite frankly, needs to stop having fun <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Because uh, it's not fun for us. Is it? <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Tiny Tina's not Thunderland. <laughs> I have come up with a spin-off. Whoa. I've come up with a spin-off uh, that I think could be great. Um, where, I mean, it does say um, under-focused characters. And I think the characters in question probably did get a huge focus. They were main characters. But I think you could either have Port, uh, Portals GLaDOS or Portals Wheatley. Mm. Um, and you play as them, but it's a management game it's just like a sim management sim game mm. and you create your own aperture science laboratory and you can like build all the rooms mm -hmm. and i mean that is obviously a very physics-based game when you are playing a shell so it might not work as well if you're just top down placing flippers and stuff that aren't doing anything placing what flip flippers <laughs> flip Jesus. you uh, and cubes and stuff because mm. you would just be up in the sky looking at these physics-based items not doing anything. But perhaps it's sort of in the glory days of Aperture Science when they had various branches. And there's all sorts of like little interesting fab traptions that you can create. And uh, maybe you've got like the the robots Peabody and Atlas and, mm. and uh, people like that walking around and being your workers. You could be making turrets, um, you know, all sorts of things. Maybe you could use like interesting conveyor systems using the flippers um and and all that kind of thing so i think that could be down, interesting Peter. yeah you need to stop swearing it's really chill okay out. i'll i'll chill i'll try uh maybe you have to like look out for Ratman, who's hiding oh, in the walls mm -hmm. yes. and like doing bad stuff sabotaging valve should just make another game shouldn't they they really? should just make any they other really game should, or just yeah. portal 3 100%. which is not a spin-off but uh yeah um so i don't know I've, i kind of thought like I'm sure there's a better answer. There's a, like a, a more beloved side character that I would love to see a spin-off of, but mm. I couldn't really think of a specific one. So I thought, hey, what about a Wheatley Aperture Science sim game? That's what I want to see. I watched a really interesting video about Valve the other week. Oh, I bet yes. you did. Yes. Um, Big nerd. It's uh, sharp. <laughs> uh, it's from a fantastic uh, uh, UK channel called People Make Games, and they produced various... Uh, pieces and they're always really well researched mm -hmm. and executed and they've got lovely animations in them and this one was about the internal structure of Valve based on uh, sort of off the record interviews with several former employees and how it works and the video it's a long video and it goes into a great deal of depth but I'm paraphrasing massively and oversimplifying massively but basically they have this internal review structure when it comes payday time at the at the end of the year when everyone's working out their bonuses and people's wages will go up and down based on how they're rated 
by their peers, Ooh. which mm. has been, I think, proven several times in several different industries like that, that it doesn't Black really episode. yeah kind of it doesn't mm. really work because they've got like a flat tier structure there's no bosses traditional bosses even though there are people who are higher up yeah so people often spend the year contributing to things that they know will get them good marks at the end of the year yeah. which is basically steam upkeep or a pro a big project that's ongoing that lots of people are working on rather than striving out and making something interesting because they know that it might take two or three years to make and in that time they could potentially see their their salary cut because mm. they're seeing as not contributing mm. to valve in that moment the greater good yeah exactly it's it was really interesting and uh you know take it with a pinch of salt because i don't think valve have commented on it or anything but it was it was super interesting and that's mm. why you don't have your portal three probably yeah um which is sad gosh darn mm. it yeah Ashton? I have a few. Um, I've mainly gone for characters from games. Um, I'd really like to see a Freya game from God of War. I'd love to see um, a bit more of her story and a bit more about her. I know obviously you can read all the Norse mythology and that, but I don't want to read. I want to play a game. Books all right? are rubbish. Um, I'd also Boring. like to see a game um, about Pan Am from Cyberpunk 2077. Of course you She's my favorite, and I think she's very pretty. And I'd like to have a game where you play as her as part of this nomad crew, and you're like driving around together and exploring the world of Cyberpunk 2077 a bit more. Um, because you don't get to see much outside of Night City apart from the odd bit of like desert where all the nomads are but it'd be cool to just kind of see more and drive around and have uh, fun with Pan Am mm. also um bit of an obscure one but I would really like to have a game about um the Huntress or Anna from Dead by Daylight who's one of the like monsters you can play as she's really freaking scary um when you play against her because she's just humming like she hums around mm. when you're like she's running around trying to get oh, you no. Um, and her story is really interesting. Like she grew up with her mum, and she was like taught how to survive in the wilderness on her own. And then her mum gets killed in front of her, basically. And she starts like killing animals and then humans and then stealing little girls and wanting to keep them safe from the wilderness by tying them up in her house. And then eventually they die. Um, that so sounds safe to me. Yeah, she starts going to the village, getting kids and like killing their parents and bringing them back, and then they keep dying. Um, and she just basically has a big hatchet and she just kills a bunch of stuff. And I would be interesting to either like play as her or to be in a kind of outlasty situation where mm. you're kind of encountering her in these woods and she's hunting you down but. oh yeah you remember the lady in outlast 2 who, who mm. wanted us to be her yeah. husband or something? yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that was, our wife that was scary our big wife yeah, our big wife <laughs> our big scary wife yeah, yeah. um but yeah. i really like to see a game about the huntress because i think she's a really interesting character mm. it's a bit of a common theme in outlast because there's that there's the groom isn't there in that spin-off yeah. uh, that dlc or whatever it was mm. now that's one who also wants you to be his wife it's a lot of like spooky genital stuff mm. going on we should just get them two together yeah, yeah honestly, they, they'd probably get on really well. They probably would, yeah. That's what I want. I want mm. that fan fiction. <laughs> I would read that, even though reading's for nerds. Yeah. Um, I've got a pitch. Mm -hmm. How about uh, another Final Fantasy VII prequel? What was Avalanche up to before Cloud joined? What mm. were they doing? Mm. Was it, were they just sort of falling over themselves being clowns? What I'm picturing is a 2009 clunky third-person shooter where you play as Barrett. 
and the dialogue is poorly translated. The color scheme is dominated by browns and grays, and it has a weird mechanic where you uh, you earn your limit break by successfully completing a QTE, maybe a, a dancing game, perhaps, mm -hmm. or something like that. Right. Everyone's going to love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Across the board, it's it's agreed that the game is terrible, uh, but it boasts six songs from the original game's soundtrack, and so a contingent of Final Fantasy VII fans will say it's one of the greatest games of all time. Right. And they will yell at you online if they if mm -hmm. you disagree. I feel like you're airing some grievances here in this question. You're being a bit got, shady. I just think there's some bad Final Fantasy VII games, and it's okay to say that. Uh, yeah. But honestly, I would I would probably see this come out and go, oh man, I quite want to play that. <laughs> it's got it's got battle on in the trailer. I want to I want to experience that. But I would I would be interested of all the characters that they've explored um, in the various pieces of Final Fantasy VII media. I'd quite like a Barrett. Barrett game, mm -hmm. even if it is just set in Midgar because it's such an um, uh, such an iconic uh, location, and uh, just run around as Avalanche and pull off missions and stuff. Maybe you have the sort of meta game like in Assassin's Creed Two or Brotherhood, where you send your your assassins off on missions, and it's like it's in real time. Like they come back in four hours, and mm -hmm. maybe they've your assassins leveled up, and mm -hmm. they've brought back some gold for your your brotherhood or, or whatever, however it worked. And you could maybe do that, plan these sort of missions and and things like that. And it all builds up to the beginning of Final Fantasy VII where you hire this merc who Whoa. Tifa says is like dead cool. Hmm. And he's got like a big sword and pretty. And he's so pretty. Yeah. What a pretty man. He'd make a lovely lady. He, would, he really would. Uh, so... Yeah, I started in sincerely, but actually I've taught myself around. I'd like to yeah. play that. Yeah, that. fair I'd enough. I'd like to play that yeah. game. So, but it has to come out in 2009. It has to be a bland third-person cover shooter because that's all that released in 2009. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's so, true. There we, are. we know Those because we rules. played a lot of them. Yes, we were there. <laughs> we, we were there. We saw it. Uh, it's time to move on to a section we've never done before. I don't know if you guys did it last week while I was off, but maybe one of you could fill me in on what it is. I don't think so. No. Um, I don't recognize What's it, it called, Peter? It says what we play in. Oh. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about the games, what we have been playing. Peter Austin, what we have been playing. Uh, I have I played a bit more of the indie game that I still can't talk about because I got a code like a month and a half in advance. So I will be able to talk about that next week on the podcast. So you'll find about find out about it then. I don't think I've said so far that it is an indie game. I've just said I've been playing a game that I can't talk about. And people might be getting really excited like I've... I've had a Resident Evil code for a month or something. Peter Austin, friend of indie. Mm -hmm. I've not. It's very much an indie game, and some people, it, it won't be their cup of tea at all, but uh, I will stream it, and I'll do a review corner on it next week, so uh, you'll find out about that then. Um, but principally, mainly, I've been uh, playing more Dead Space, mm. um, and I'm surprised I've still not finished that game, because it's not like I've been... Um, well, I've, I've been putting the hours in, let's say, and I seem to just still have plenty to do. And I think it's because they have... Now, you weren't here when I was saying this, actually, Ben. I was talking about this last week. Um, they have made that game more open than I realized when I did our review corner for it. So, like, it used to be that you would travel from one area of the ship to another on a tram system. But now they've actually connected all of these areas. Oh, and you okay. can walk there on foot if you've unlocked them in, in the story. Um, and I think there are just way more side rooms and possibly there are side objectives that weren't in the original maybe they were in the original but i don't know if i maybe played them at the time but i feel like i've just got like a whole checklist of things to be doing and rooms to explore and you keep unlocking the ability to like open 
um, doors and containers that have a security level on them. So eventually you'll like reach security level two or level three and you can go and you'll be like, oh, there was a level three chest in that room in medical or whatever. So okay. you're doing a lot of traveling around and um, going a little bit off the beaten beaten track at times. So although I've been playing that game plenty, still not finished it. So what I'm hearing is we're going to be playing that game for the rest of the year. Well, this is the thing. I thought if I come to the podcast and say that, you guys are going to think, oh, we're going to be playing that for ages now. I think if we just focus on the story, if that's mm -hmm. what we want to do, it probably won't take that long. Okay. But uh, it, it's uh, the kind of game where there is actually more to do than you would think, given that it is, to a certain extent, a linear game. But it's kind of, it's sort of open linear, I think, mm -hmm. um, in this new form. So... I've been enjoying that, and uh, we will now have streamed it by the time this podcast goes out. We'll have done our first. No, we won't. No, we won't. Next week. Oh, of course, because it's Next celebration week. week it's celebration week. Finally. I brought my copy in of Dead Space just thinking it's time to play Dead Space, but no, mm. we delayed our celebration. So we did. next week we'll be playing Dead Space. How's the map system in that game? Does it work kind of like the 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 Resi remakes of recent years where it shows if there's a room that you haven't got all the it stuff? It shows in? if there's a room that you've not been in yet. Okay. So it shows what's explored and unexplored. And that is one little downside to that game, which is that you can go into a room for the first time. There can be a locker there that's got like maximum security uh, access required on it. And you'll think, oh, okay. I'll have to come back when I've got that. And then you leave the room and it's been marked as explored. And there's uh, no marker mm. on there to say there's a locked locker in here that you've not been in yet. Right. So that is also actually what has taken some of the time is that I've been backtracking and just generally sticking my head in every room that I walk mm. past and like you know thinking, oh, was there something in here that mm, I don't know? I've been trying to keep a mental note. Like when I found these lockers that I can't get into, I'm like, okay, when I've got level two, I've got to come back here. And, you know, I'm sort of thinking like, yeah, there's one in one in engineering, there's two there in that area. And so, yeah, it would have been right. good to be making notes as I go, I suppose. But that's, again, nerdy and <laughs> lame and who can, boring. Who can be bothered with that? Mm. Not me. So it would be nice if it would just mark these things down. When you find something that you can't open, if it would just stick an icon on your map, that would be good. But, mm. um, yeah, no, unfortunately, it's just whether you've been in the room or not. That's oh, it. that's a shame. So that is a shame. But I am really enjoying it. It's a really good game, and I can't wait for us all to play it together um, in a week's time. Yes, me too. Looking Lovely. forward to it. Ashton, what have you been playing? I have been playing some more Professor Layton and the Curious Village, uh, solving puzzles. I had a train journey this week, so I spent all of the train journey just playing on my DS, nice. um, watching a movie on my phone. And then I've also been playing some Mafia, the Definitive Edition. Oh, how is um, that? Mm. Yeah, it's quite good, actually. It's okay. a lot more, like, I would want to say linear, but it's like I've, you go from mission to mission to mission. Like, there isn't really any, like... Oh, so it's not really open world. No, really, which like, I thought two. it was, but maybe it will eventually open up. But I've been playing, it like, I'm probably on, like, chapter, I don't know, like, eight or nine now. And they're not very long missions. They're, like, quite short. But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I think it's interesting. Um, I do like that setting for games. Yeah. Mm. I do enjoy that. Yeah, it's definitely, like, and driving around in the little cars, they all have the little, like, um, the horn that's very, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. very, mm. like, um, nostalgic. So whenever I hear I'm like, 
if someone beeps at me and I beep takes back. Takes me right back to the 20s. You know, just whether you hear like when you watch like the 20s like TV shows and stuff, it's mm-hmm. always like, ah, and I'm always like, ah, back. <laughs> I just want to hear my horn. Yeah. Um, but I've been playing quite a lot of that and it looks really good, like visually. There's one mission quite early on where you have to win a race against a bunch of other cars and I had to do that one like four or five times because uh. <laughs> you have to win um, otherwise you have to do it again and man they each took me like five minutes so I was doing it for like almost an hour just faffing doing this thing I had to google like is there like a shortcut like am I doing it wrong and it's just like do not accelerate basically for the entire corner just don't bother because they just spin out and you end up the back of the pack again i just think it looks really weird when like 1920s cars are racing like Mm. i know that racing is pretty much as old as cars Mm. but uh you know like when you're in um on la LA noir and just going really fast and like crashing the car it just looks really weird with those Mm. box Mm -hmm. well these ones are like actual race cars that are right. like because you're on a racetrack and yeah. you're trying to win the race but they're again the wheels are like sticking out the sides and the yeah. wheels are like this big and you're like there's absolutely no way <laughs> like bicycle wheels yeah mm. basically but I think it's good I've enjoyed it so far and I'm definitely going to keep playing it so good well so. I look forward to hearing more about it because I really like Mafia 2 and I've been eyeing this one with interest <laughs> bless you bless you me. excuse me sorry <sighs> Scared the bejesus out of me. Sorry. Is that all you played? That's all I played this week. Okay, are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Hi-Fi Rush. I've played and finished it. Like it? I did like it, yes. I I don't feel I love it as much as everybody else does. I will say that. But I think it's gorgeous and really fun. Mm -hmm. And I love how the world moves to the beat. And on the whole, I had a really good time with it. Um, I had... I played most of these games through the lens of... um, grumpy sleep deprived feverish covid brain yeah so i i perhaps didn't have as much patience as i would normally have (laughs) so it took me a good long while to get the combat down but once i got it down i was i was having a a good enough time um i i think what a just what a lovely hello sorry what a lovely surprise your phone okay yeah it's fine you'll be all right out there on the floor um what a lovely surprise yeah. Hi, Fi Rush. What mm-hmm. what a genuinely lovely mm-hmm. surprise. Um, and we will see how there's already getting some game of the year conversation around it. For me personally, I don't think it's going to be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. But to to make that impact off no uh, promotion whatsoever is really impressive. Yeah, and, good. Uh, I'm I, I anticipate a sequel highly. And I'm actually this I think is the first. Tango Gameworks game that I have played that I've really liked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So keep it up, guys. It's taken you a little while. Uh, I've also played more Golf Story, the sort of um, pixel art. I was trying to, I remember last time, is it 8-bit or 16-bit? Pixel art is the word I was looking for. Uh, Golf RPG. It's it's lovely. It's it's a great little game. It's quite funny as well, the dialogue. The way it's represented as well, it's all speech bubbles, but it'll... The you know normally with a speech bubble in a game like that it would the text would just appear mm. on screen you know scroll across but it's deliberately slower or faster or the the entire speech bubble will wobble depending on the tone that the mm. person is taking and right. I think it's really effective I feel like I'm about to sneeze but I'm not so I'm going to continue right uh, so played some more golf story uh, Gears of War four I've started that in co op. Oh. That's uh, not grabbed me as much as the other three Gears of War games so far, but it certainly is Gears of War, so I'll be playing more of that. 
I bought and started Outer Wilds because everyone says that's amazing. And I immediately took off in my spaceship and flew directly into the sun and I closed it because I wasn't ready, I think, <laughs> for, for a game like that. So I will return to that game. Uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare I played. Uh, I bought that at the same time I bought Advanced Warfare because those two were games that I hadn't played uh, single player campaign wise with Call of Duty. And as I've said before, those are my guilty pleasure games and I really wanted some comfort gaming food. And I really liked that campaign. I honestly, bearing in mind that this is the game that had at the time the most downvoted trailer in YouTube history. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that because <clears throat> people were fed up of the ridiculous futuristic Call of Duty stuff and they wanted it to go back to mm -hmm. sort of the past or modern day. I really enjoyed that game. The The campaign is like sad. It's It, it ends oh. in on like a sad note. And I, I thought it was really effective. Again, COVID brain. Take it with a pinch of salt, if you will. Uh, but I really, I was very surprised by that game. And I liked it a lot. God of War Ragnarok got the platinum trophy. Nice. Finally. Nice. They patched the issue that I had with oh, yeah. the ravens. Mm. And it turns out I did need to have all the ravens to get the trophy because there's one for collecting all the relics and getting all the ravens gives you a relic. Yeah. So I'm glad they fixed that. So it was just a case of polishing off the last few, um, what are they called? The, the combat trial things. Mm -hmm. And also buying some things from the the blacksmith that would give me the remaining shields and relics because uh, I'd already fulfilled all the criteria for it. So mm. that's done. That's good. It was I was very productive in terms of clearing some stuff off. Uh, I also played a little bit more Persona 3 Portable because I foolishly persuaded myself, hey, I've come this far. Maybe I can get the platinum. And then I hit another brick wall and decided, actually, you know what? Flip this. This is stupid. <laughs> I hate this. I can't be bothered. Uh, so again, that's gone back on the shelf. Disco Elysium. I... Finally came back to it after starting it last year and only playing eight hours. I have now finished it. What a game. What a fantastic game. So I'm told. I had a real issue with talking to literally everybody and exhausting all the dialogue. And there is so much world building that at about the halfway point, I just had to stop doing that because mm. there was too much going on. I think you said that exact same thing the last time we talked yeah, about it. Yeah, there's a lot. I couldn't, I couldn't. People. I just felt like there's a murder to solve and I'm going to miss something. Mm. But then once the murder train starts to roll and you start to work out what's going on, the general information you get from other people is just sort of like superfluous world building stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't need it. Uh, but I that's a flipping great game. Glad I played that. Got the platinum in uh, Unki Marki. Um, oh, yeah. Followed a guide, played through that, got the got the platinum in that, and also got the platinum in uh, Dark Nights with Poe and Monroe, which is the other Wales interactive game I was talking about the other week. Mm -hmm. uh, I played it all with the sound off uh and had something else on the tv watching that so i i haven't spoiled it for myself so i can still go back in and play the last few chapters with people when it's time to do it and that is what i've played amazing wow. how you were only off for like a week i know it just goes to show how much you can get done if you're sick um and also if you were planning on doing things at the weekend and then yeah. are not allowed to go outside yeah uh, so yeah i was oh man i really i i've I feel accomplished uh, for having cleared loads of stuff off the backlog. Congratulations. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to 
have a drink of water. Okay, uh, I'll read the question while you do that. Uh, next question comes from Rock Reese. Hiya, BAP, BP, AB or AP. I got a pretty simple question this time. How much does playing a game in co-op affect your enjoyment and or take on the game itself? Just curious, as no Ashton loved Saints Row and Far Cry 6, but, didn't, but if they didn't have the co-op, would either of them have been such a highlight for you? Also, Ben with Souls games and their version of co-op. If that wasn't in the game, would the franchise suffer? Thank you, Rock Reese. Thank you, uh, I don't play co-op or multiplayer at the moment. I haven't done really, apart from like when we've streamed stuff together at the office, um, I just don't play multiplayer games at home. Um, and I think that's partly because uh, couch co-op is less of a thing. And if it was still as popular today as it was in, say, the noughties, then maybe at home I, I might be playing the occasional bit of co-op with Amy, but um, really as it stands, like I I would rather, I think it's partly based on the fact that I um, have a kind of a very sporadic gaming uh, sort of schedule and I will decide almost at random, okay, I can spare an hour or two to play a game right now in this moment. And uh, I think I if, if I'd started a game with a friend online, um, I would feel like, I was kind of holding us holding us back uh, if mm. I was, you know, they were wanting to play a bit more of whatever game and say, hey, you, you free tonight? I'd be like, no, no, not free tomorrow either. Not free the day after. Or, you know, uh, it would be kind of out of nowhere. I would say, hey, have you got an hour and a half right now? Um, so I don't think the way that I play is, is uh, kind of suits online co-op very well and couch co-op sadly is not so much of a thing anymore so therefore uh co-op really doesn't factor into my enjoyment of a game at all because i simply don't do it um the one thing i do like about um seeing co-op in games particularly couch co-op is that i know it would make a good stream game for us mm. so that's always a good thing to see it's it's like oh there's a potential game we can all play together um although or a good games night game yeah um although we have now got into the um got into the habit of just passing the controller on single player games which yeah. works just as well so yeah. uh doesn't yeah. matter so much but there was a time where we tried to uh play multiplayer games where we could and mm. uh, so yeah it's always good when a new co-op game comes out for that but yeah not not doesn't really factor in for me very much ashton I you're, you're mentioned in the question. Um, thank you so much mm. for the name drop. Um, I <laughs> really me, like uh, co-op games. I think that it's a lot of fun to play games like Far Cry 6 and Saints Row with someone. Um, I think partially I just like to hang out with people and, and chat while I play games anyway. Like even if me and my partner aren't like playing the same game, it's nice to just be sat next to each other so we can just hang out because mm. I just like hanging out. Um, so I do think I I do prefer when a game has co-op because it means I can play with someone else and we can experience things at the same time. But I also don't think that every single game has to have co-op. Um, and I also think that, you know, certain games probably work better if you can enjoy the experience on your own. Um, Saints Row, for example, I mean, really broken, but um, sometimes you were like, wow, if only there was just one character here, it wouldn't look so insane um but there's two people here with ice creams on their heads and we just have to move on with our lives um but i do think that maybe they wouldn't have been as much fun for me if they weren't in co-op probably would have given up on saints row a bit earlier but i also i do have a, a sneaking suspicion that i probably would have still played both of them to the end because 
I did kind of just like play them on my own sometimes, just mopping up all of the stuff to get trophies. Even though Saints Row is so broken, I'll never ever be able to get the trophies in that game. Um, but yeah, I, I think co-op is great. And I think that for games like Far Cry 6 and Saints Row, those open world kind of wacky, over the top kind of games, they work really well in co-op because you can just pick them up and play them for like an hour and then put them down leave them for three weeks come back to it and you don't actually really have to know what's going on you can just run in a certain direction and probably encounter something so yeah i do think co-op's great and i do think co-op does affect how much i enjoy the game because most of the time i enjoy it more if i'm playing it in co-op just because of the, the people i'm playing it with hmm. so completely agree yeah. uh we used to say it a lot on this podcast uh actually that uh co-op makes any game fun Mm-hmm. And it could be the worst, most broken, buggy, boring thing in the world. But hey, you stick an online co-op uh, mode in there, you're going to have fun. It's mm-hmm. going to be at least entertaining to laugh at all the mishaps that are going on. Far Cry 6, I don't think it's a very good game. Honestly, I don't. But I had a lot of fun in co-op. Yeah. And the amount, the the sheer number of... Uh, saved clips I have on my PS5 of things going wrong, yeah. mm-hmm. falling through the world, clipping through walls, all that kind of non like the the other player just sort of spasming uncontrollably, like flailing limbs all over the place. So many, and all of those clips were really fun. And that's not intended fun from yeah. from the developer. That's no. just I feel like co-op lets you make your own fun. Yeah. Um. And you're right, Ashton, in that co-op is it's rare that you'll be playing a co-op game where where both of you are sat in complete silence completing objectives or listening to music independently or listening Mm -hmm. to podcast independently you'll be chatting you know it's it's a social thing as well where you might go quiet for a cutscene, but you know you know largely in in the in-between times you'll just be talking to each other yeah uh in terms of dark souls and soulsborne and fromsoft games it's it's difficult to really say definitively if the franchise would suffer or not i know for me personally it would because that's how i got into the series in the first place and i know a lot of people got into the series and from soft games in general by playing co-op with more experienced players uh some people are you know absolute mad lads uh who just go in there and play single player and just think this is the greatest thing ever i'm i'm well good at games me but a lot of people need a helping hand getting into that series and co-op is how they do it um i think sekiro probably stands alone as the the most souls born-ish game they've made that doesn't have any form of co-op and that game suffered for me because of because of that because of the fact it didn't have co-op because i know that i would have played through the whole thing and probably had a much better time if it was in co-op because I was just unwilling to learn this new these new mechanics <laughs> and this new control scheme. Mm-hmm. A lot of people flipping loved it, but I think Sekiro had the advantage of, you know, coming after Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 and Bloodborne in that that player base was already there and had been sort of exposed to punishingly difficult video games. So they were more conditioned to go into it. Whereas if they'd st- have started with Sekiro, it would have done well, but and it would have been reviewed well, but I don't think it would have it would have had anywhere near the player base it would have had mm. um, if if it hadn't released at that point in the chronology of FromSoft games. Yeah, there we are. 
That's that's what I think. Mm. I agree with you two as well. I don't know if I actually made it clear that I think co-op is good is a good thing online or offline. But yeah, it's just it doesn't fit in with my my schedule. But that's not to say I don't like it. I don't think it's a good thing. I agree that it's great. Yes, we all love trite here at the table. We do. We all love trite. Love it so much. Yeah. Uh, it's time to move on to something else, Ashton. Yeah, something a bit peculiar, a bit strange, maybe. You might even call it weird. Weird news. News. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's time for Weird News. If you would like to submit weird news to us, you can go to our social media platforms and uh, reply to the relevant posting. However, if you would like to guarantee a shout out at this point in the show, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, support us at a certain tier and become a podcast producer. Here are the podcast producers for this week. Thank you too. Nathan. Chajiwai Goliath. Nexus Polaris. Duncan Wilson. Nicole Hansen. Ellie Nicholas. Gabrielle Philippink. Meldy Elbonet. Katie Garrett. And Blake Thomas. Thank you, podcast Thank producers. Thank you, podcast producers. Thank you, podcast producers. Thank you so much. Peter, have you got some... Bizarre news. I have got some bizarre news. Um, thank you to everyone who did submit bizarre news to the posts that Ben just mentioned. But I did, just before the podcast started, I saw some weird news of my own. So this was submitted by Peter Austin. Wow. Aged 30. <laughs> Kotaku, written by Zach Zweisens, Wiesen. Um VR chat sex worker denied entry to US over prostitution, in air quotes. Oh. oh. UK-based Hex wanted to visit friends in the US but was barred from entering due to her virtual work. Oh, dear. An online virtual reality sex worker was left confused and frustrated when, after applying for a United States tourist visa, she said she received a letter explaining she was permanently ineligible for admission to the US. The reason given was prostitution. Oh, my God. In online VR games like VR Chat, players can hang out, chat, play mini games, explore player created worlds, and even attend in game concerts and parties. Of course, this being the internet and humans being horny, which is hyperlinked. I'm going to click on that. Does it explain what horny is? Yeah. 
From VR to vibrators, video game sex tech now has infinite possibilities. Brilliant. Oh. It's a different article. What an exciting world. It's a feature. Um, so, uh, the internet being the internet and humans being horny, some users also engage in sex in these VR spaces. So, sex work naturally follows. Hex is one of those users. She makes a living in VR chat as an online sex worker, hosting shows in game and posting photos and videos to her fansly page. It's like OnlyFans. Right. She also thanks Ashton. No she also streams herself using a custom avatar that tracks her movements in real time. Most of her content on Fansly is virtual, though she does post some IRL nude images too. Hex, who lives in the UK, recently talked to Motherboard about her frustrating experience with US immigration authorities who denied her access to the country while she was trying to get a temporary tourist visa to visit friends. Hex told Motherboard that when she explained what she does for a living, the response was pretty negative. When I was at the interview, I told the officer everything, as my Fansly is virtual reality content from a game called VR Chat. I, uh, I do post IRL pictures of me via a paywall, and I do not meet anyone IRL from that platform, Hex explained. She said that in response, the woman she was talking to gave her a very dirty look. Hex then explained further, telling the officer that all of her work was done in a virtual game using VR headsets. But according to Hex, the woman interviewing her didn't understand anything mm -hmm. and asked her if she ever meets with these people in real life, to which Hex said, absolutely not. Um... Wow, I think the article goes on, but it's that, pretty transgressive. Isn't that's it? the uh, the long and short of it. So apparently, if you're a, a a sex worker on VR chat now, you are a prostitute, as viewed by the. United I didn't States realize that was so a reason wild. for not being allowed into a country. Well, yeah, yeah I mean. Because surely they could say that, like, if you've got an OnlyFans account, like, does that count? Well, yeah. What's the difference yeah. in in that sense? So, She's not even like actually putting that much of her own content it's just virtual yeah, stuff it's just a virtual character but um there you go wow. so uh that's pretty weird it is pretty weird news and uh be careful you're yeah. looking up her account now no i am absolutely <laughs> not looking up her account um mm. i'm wow. just i don't i don't think i used the word transgressive right i was just double checking <laughs> i don't think i did oh, nerd no sorry I mean, the opposite of progressive is what I was trying oh, to do. Right. I don't think that's what transgressive right. means. I just had a little panic, like, that's not what that means. Yeah. And it's not. No. What am I trying to say? Um, Help. Help. I know, um, what, help. I know what you're trying to help. say, but I don't I mean, know I if there is a word for it. Conservative. Backwards. Yeah. Backwards, yeah. yeah. That's probably what I was trying to say. Yeah. I didn't realize you could be banned on such grounds. You can come in, but don't be doing any sex here. No. <laughs> You how can't. Can you, come how in can you police because that? Because you've done the sex already. Don't be doing any sex here. Don't do it here. We don't like it. I mean, I suppose. Not um, because of sex before marriage. I suppose. <laughs> Next question: Are you married? I suppose immigration no. um, can choose to not allow you entry to a country if they believe you've broken the law. So if you've got a criminal record, then obviously they might say, "Well, you're not coming right. because you mm. stole from a shop or something." But then. Obviously, this person doesn't have a criminal record for being a sex worker on VR chat, but maybe they think, well, you, we know that you, quote unquote, do prostitution. Mm. Therefore, we're saying that you are a criminal. But the the problem there is the leap from VR chat sex work to you are a prostitute. But I'm also incredibly interested in how that even works, like how you have sex in VR chat. Mm, well, I, I think you just... I think I probably, probably can talk. figure it out. Yeah. But it's, is it you, just like basically just... 
what are you wearing right now? Yeah, yeah. it probably is just sort of phone sex in yeah. a way, unless you have as that feature you you clicked on mm. uh, various uh, whizwazzes and and, and dongles. Yeah, uh, I bet there's all yeah. sorts. That USB can... dongles, mm. etc. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we need to get someone in that profession to talk to us about it. I think they just the two characters. Yeah, I would actually really like to know. In the world, go together and then like just face to face, and then they both turn on the dance animation. And <laughs> yes, that's just how it works. and then they, one of them clips through the wall slightly. Yeah. And, it's ri- and you and you go to kiss each other, and you go inside their head and, and, and see, see their eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. So. that's how it works. Sounds yeah. pretty sexy to me. Yeah, that sounds pretty sexy. Well, we're putting you in charge of that, Ashton. That's now your next video. You've got. To I kind of actually do really want to figure it. Like, we won't be able to monetize it. I think it I on watched. YouTube, but, um, uh, I think I did watch like a documentary about. This kind of thing on YouTube. I once. think People Make Games did one for like Second Life. Yes, actually. I think oh, that right, is the yeah, one I've watched. So, yeah, yeah. Track someone down, Ashton, and talk to them and make a video about it. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about something equally as sexy right now. Go on. Uh, from Kotaku by Alyssa Macante. The Witcher 3's next gen vaginas were unintended, Dev says. Looks like the realistic genitals weren't supposed to be in the fantasy RPG. Honey, hurry, they're going to nerf the Witch of Three Vaginas. Um, Kotaku posted a story yesterday pointing out the Witch of Three's next-gen update added realistic vaginas and suggesting that these kitties were one of the many fan-made mods CD Projekt Red kitties. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't added to the updated game. In the original Witcher 3, women were able, who were shown to, in full frontal nudity had no visible genitals, just a sort of smoothed over Barbie doll area. In the next-gen update, which released for the free for free in the, this past December, it seems that the crones from Crookback Bog and the Bruxus, the only women, in, only women NPCs that regularly do full frontal without any obscuring shots or panties, have landing strip-style pubic hair and visible labia. Um, <laughs> You tried good, not to smirk there. Yeah. <laughs> it's because Ben started laughing. Witches, I'm just so laugh. happy for the bog witches. Yeah. yeah. It's good for them. Yes. Um, and they've all got to have a bog witch Brazilian as well. Yeah. Yeah. Bog Williams. When reached for comment, CG Project Red initially told Kotaka the company was looking into it and will have more information in the coming days. But now it seems that the vaginas were added by mistake. At least that's what they're telling us via a statement in an email. <sighs> Um, the next gen, this is a quote from CG Project Red now. The next gen version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt featured several community sourced mods not created by CG Project Red, mm. on top of numerous enchanted enhancements created and implemented by the studio internally. Merging everything together was a complex process, and the textures in question are an unintended result presented in the released version. This is something that we are working to address. Right. That is not quite. That, that implies that, like, we put together. All the intended mods and updates that and we wanted by to accident. do, and Whoops. somehow <laughs> w- the texture somehow Pavel's personal and mods made perfect made anatomical vaginas <laughs> with labia and landing strips. Yeah, some have done. It's that. a God works in mysterious <laughs> ways. What they mean exactly. is a vagina mod was accidentally added in, and they didn't mean to do that. <laughs> See, that's yeah. the version of this story that I've heard is that the ori- the mod creator says cross. That, there wasn't. I didn't give mm. permission for this. Maybe yeah. it continues in the article. Um, I asked if that meant the vaginas would be removed from the game entirely, but have not received a response by the time of publication. If that is the case, however, and certainly seems like it, that means the... Oh, oh, you're going to get so mad. Kitties. <laughs> that means the chronoses may get nerfed oh. in a future Witcher 3 update. For God's sake. If you too find it hard to believe that a game like The Witcher 3, which has a ton of female nudity and absolutely no dicks, would it accidentally add realistic vaginas in an update, then join the club. The vagina mod in question was wildly popular and CD Projekt Red hasn't 
Uh, certainly hasn't shielded a shield shied shied, shied. yes thank you I mm. couldn't figure out <laughs> that word was shied away from showing people's bits in the past hi cyberpunk 2077 but perhaps admitting that they were ahead um, they went ahead and folded in the, the labia mod is a bit much I understand um, while landing strip pubes and perfectly neat labia aren't the best representation of vaginas we could get it's better than a smoothed over sealed shut downstairs area and I'd be even less bothered by it if the game included some juicy dudes nudity too. The Witcher 3 is beloved for its horniness. Mm. So let's so I say let's embrace it. Yeah, why not? Um, and then there's an update saying that they've confirmed to Kotaku via email that the visible labia slash pubic hair will be removed as these Boo. textures were not meant to be represented in the release version of the Boo. game. Yeah. Rubbish. Bring back the vaginas. How does that happen? How does someone... I think we know how that happens. I think it was intentional and they've been caught. Somebody snapped and they that think, badly oh, in. Yeah, this has not gone down well. Because plausible deniability is mm. probably their best course Because of there's, there's no way that that was accidental. No. Un unless no. some strange member of staff thought, I'm going to try and sabotage this mod pack, this, you know, this, this update, by sneaking in a vagina mod. Like, that's, that's not what's happened. We've worked with people who've brought yeah. unprofessional things to work yes we, we have uh, and unintentionally we've we've discovered that yeah uh so <laughs> this kind of stuff does happen yeah at least it pertains to the game that they're yeah. making yeah you know? so maybe maybe someone who was working on it on their own kind of system had also had that mod added in and it then somehow ended up slipping into the the kind of the whole package as it were yes uh do you remember a few years ago we were doing it we were at triple jump at the time when I think it was, it might have been Watch Dogs Legion, or it might have been another Ubisoft game, and someone accidentally knocked over a female NPC, and they had like fully rendered yeah. genitals. Yeah. And someone, that person, took a screenshot and posted it on Twitter and said, "What? Why is this? This is a weird, mm. like, detail." But there's no underwear. They're a skirt yeah. on and no. Pants. No, no underwear, and then you could see the genitals. Mm. And then they were they were blocked. Uh, they were banned from Twitter because they posted nudity. Yeah. Um, and weren't they banned from like PlayStation Network as well? I think something? so. Yeah, because yeah. they shared nudity. Mm. It's like, well, hang on a minute. It's in this. For some reason, it's in this game, and then Ubisoft fell over themselves apologizing mm. and patched it out. Weird. People do this stuff. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Sometimes humans be horny. Sometimes mm, humans, humans be horny. As long as you're being compensated for your horny, um, and it's a profession, then that's okay. And, uh, but you can't go to America. Um, no, I to forgot America. to say who sent that in. It was Blake Thomas, uh, Bartek at Bartol BB, and Robert Rochelle at Triple R R R R A E W. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Thank you for saying that. Blake Tom's having a good run today. Mm. Question one, podcast producer, news. Bloody hell, Blake. Blake, calm down. Calm mm. down. <laughs> My weird news comes from uh, Lloyd Williams, and uh, it may have been sent on Facebook as well. I, I didn't check. I'm oh. sorry. I'm really sorry. Uh, this is a story from Game Rant. Gamer finds Nintendo 64 controller in unexpected place while on walk. This is also a very sexy, is it sexy? one. This is a really sexy Whoa. one. Yeah. It was up his ass. <laughs> a gamer recently stumbled across a Nintendo 64 controller and other items in an unusual place while they were taking a walk. That's just the headline again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Daniel D'Angelo. Hey! Uh, for... Uh, for writing this article. Thank you for writing this article. Here we go again. A gamer stumbled across an oddly positioned Nintendo 64 while on a walk. The iconic three-pronged oh, yeah. handset was commemorated in a unique way alongside a few other pieces of 1990s electronics and paraphernalia. It then explains what the Nintendo 64 is mm -hmm. and what the controller is. 
So here's the Reddit post. There it is. It's sort like of like, it's, it does look a bit like a fossil. It's a slab of concrete with some sort of darker gray outlines of various 90s peripherals. Are they actually like actual things stuck in or is well, it just... Oh. I will I'll oh, tell you. Sorry. Mm. Uh, and the Reddit post says, didn't expect to see an N64 controller on my walk through the Botanic Gardens this morning. So that's like maybe f- five times now I've mm. said that. He's sentence. been on a walk this morning. And He's he been found on a walk, it, And he didn't yes. expect to find he it. He didn't expect to find it. In an unexpected place. At first glance, it might look like Baxter Rocky, st- that's the username, stumbled across an actual N64 controller, mouse, phone, keyboard, and CD case embedded in the concrete as a strange form of time capsule. Whilst on a walk. Whilst on a walk. (laughs) This morning. While it seems to serve a similar role to a time capsule, closer inspection reveals that the objects are molded from the concrete rather than stuck into it. The sculptor likely covered the objects in plaster or some other mold compound, then removed them once it's set. Whoever created the piece then filled the resulting cast with cement. Assuming the form wasn't immediately destroyed or thrown away, there could be more pieces like this elsewhere in the world. What a <laughs> gotta pad that article. <laughs> what out a somewhere. weird thing to say. In Assuming other mold, unexpected mold places. Yes, yeah. he could. It could have happened somewhere else in the world. In an evening. Maybe in an evening. Users on the gaming subreddit were impressed and amused by this unusual outdoor artwork in the park. Some people made jokes about ancient mysterious carvings. Meanwhile, the top comment suggests that future archaeologists might be very confused when they stumble across it, assuming that the people of 1990s Australia worship some particularly strange-looking gods. One eagle-eyed commentator, commentess, sorry, even managed to identify that the keyboard predates Windows 95 due to the lack of a Windows key. Altogether, the art piece makes a charming tribute to the Nintendo 64 and the 1990s in general. Lovely. <laughs> oh, there we are. I did not know that the Windows key was as old as 1995. Did was that I would, I would not have I would not have worked I that out. It was way more recent than that. But there you go. There you go. That's my that's my weird news. It's good news. Mm, thank you. Weird. Mm. Let's move on to a question. Got a question here from Douglas York who says, "Whub dub bap." My fave JRPG series, Shadow Hearts, released their last PS2 banger back in 2005, and then the series died. Now a spiritual successor called Penny Blood was announced out of nowhere after almost 20 years. It's not a sequel, though, because the rights and whatever, but it's got that same look and feel. What dead game or series would you love to see get the successor treatment, knowing it's not an actual sequel, but a similar game by the same boyos or girlos? Thankers. <laughs> well, Thanks, Douglas. Douglas. Thank you, Douglas. Um, one that I've just thought of, actually, that I didn't write in my notes was uh, is, is Tomeby, which I think does have... I think one of the reasons we've not seen a Tomeby slash Tomba sequel or remake or remaster is rights issues. I think Whoopi Camp, who, well, they developed it. I'm trying to think who published it. I don't know. But anyway, I think one of the reasons is a sort of a, a rights problem. So uh, if ever they were to do more of that game or that style, uh, the former developers could maybe get together and just like do something new. Call them another name that sounds like uh, a European word for gravestone. Or Tonka. Two. Yeah, Tonka. <laughs> and have to change it in other... Um, uh, versions. Uh, but what I did write um, was Jet Set Radio. And we've almost sort of, you know, people were making comparisons to Jet Set Radio with Hi Fi Rush, mm-hmm. um, certainly visually. And the kind of, you know, uh, Jet Set Radio had a big musical kind of, um, it was uh, the music was a big part of the game. Um, of course, Hi Fi Rush is not a rollerblading graffiti game. Um, so it's not in that sense a spiritual successor at all. 
but I would love to see more Jet Set Radio. Um, I really enjoyed Jet Set Radio Future on Xbox, or was it 360? I don't know, uh, but that was a lot of fun. And uh, it's been a while since we had anything from that series. That would be great. And also, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a go at a new-ish Newcomb. Okay. Because... Is he going to behave himself? Well, so this is the thing. I I think I like the the kind of the parody action hero, um, it, almost comically. I don't give no flips, and I'm just like a, a, a cool badass man. Yeah, but then a lot of it is terrible and has. I, I don't even want to just say aged badly. I mean, it was it was never okay to begin with, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it's it's like massively sexist principally. Um, it's probably various other isms in there as well. Um, so Duke Nukem, I think as a franchise, is probably probably dead now. I don't think we're ever going to see more Duke. We've seen him as like sort of DLC and making guest appearances and stuff. I think, um, but all he does is say catchphrases. Though. Exactly. He's not even he's not even a, given a microphone no. to say no, anything. That's else. it. But what I do think could work is getting that team together. Who you know, uh, well, it's been various teams over the years, but like there have been some technically very competent Duke Nukem games over the years. And I also, broadly speaking, like the idea of a kind of a parody action hero. Um, and I think maybe maybe there's there's some sort of idea there where you could have a funny parody action game um, in a with modern technology, you know, current gen, um, but just just not the Duke, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But a spiritual mm. successor to him, mm-hmm. perhaps. Nuke Duke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was originally going to say Bioshock, and then I remembered mm. that um, Ken Levine's making that Judas game yes. that's meant to come out. Oh, yeah. So I couldn't say that because that's literally what's happening. Um, but I would like a spiritual successor to Portal, was mm. one of the things I was going to say, because, um, like you say, maybe they'll never get to work yeah, on another they, Portal they 3. Yeah. But I would really like another game by the same group of people that, you know, has the same, like, like puzzle element plays a lot with physics there's a couple of other games that are like like super liminal and stuff that are very similar in the way that you have to solve the puzzles in each room but it would be great to have another portal-esque game Mm -hmm. and also um i don't know if it technically counts as a spiritual successor but i would like one anyway um some playlink games i'd like the the teams that worked on those to make a spiritual successor to the playlink games you know specifically knowledge is power is my favorite one uh and i'd like them to make a upgraded version for the new playstation or you know something else it's a real pain in the ass to play those games yeah it's five it is broadcast a local signal because it doesn't connect to the wi-fi the same way that the the other games Mm -hmm. used to exactly on ps4 so I'd really like them to uh, to do a spiritual successor to the PlayLink games mm. so we can play them with our friends. Portal itself was sort of, I mean, it wasn't a spiritual successor, but it was inspired by someone had put together a game with, with Portal technology. And uh, I think Valve hired them. They saw it. It was kind of like a proof of concept. It wasn't mm. even a... Wasn't it, wasn't it Half-Life mod or something? It was using... Yeah, I don't even know if it was. It might have been, but um, yeah, we've we've done it on a list like years ago. I remember seeing it, thinking, "Wow, this is weird." But you would like physically move the portals around. They were like kind of big frames, I think, and you would mm. have to do the puzzles like that. And then they were like, "Hey, come make a game for us about portals." Um, so yeah, there's definitely more to be done with that. I think. Mm. Mm. I agree. 
I've got a selection of seemingly abandoned PlayStation 3 era games that mm. I really enjoyed. And I would like to, I, honestly, I'd just like a sequel to all of them. But if I can't have a sequel, then I'd like games that are very similar to them. How about New Resistance game? Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist anymore, but not a New Resistance game. Even a spiritual successor, that'd be nice. Uh, Infamous, I really like the Infamous games. And those, we got one in the, the ps4 near the ps4 launch and that was that was it uh warhawk great little air uh ground vehicle combat game multiplayer online i played a lot of that really enjoyed it motorstorm a fun ridiculous oh, yeah. racer where your car just explodes <laughs> and you can have people on dirt bikes racing people in gigantic trucks oh burnout good fun just thought as well yeah burnout, burnout would be nice mm. uh ipad you remember iPad that used the the PS3i camera and you had a little thing that you'd put down on a surface and then a little like furry monkey cat thing would oh, come out yeah. and you could like you used I think you could later use the move controls but I think it predated the move controls mm. right. and you could like clean it and feed it and play games with it. The the PlayStation 5 camera currently has no use whatsoever unless you're streaming. And I know that the, there's VR2 coming out soon. But mm. I just feel like, you know, release something digital maybe like that. Mm. You can have a little AR friend. That would be pretty fun. Africa was a really weird uh, PlayStation 3 exclusive. I don't know that it came out in the West where you just sat for long periods of time in the... I don't know, the Sahara and just, or, or the, the Serengeti, Serengeti, the plains, and took photos of animals. Oh, nice. Mm. I love animal it photography was, It was really chill. And I did buy it and import it because the magazine I read was raving about it. And uh, I sat in a bush for like 25 minutes and then I got <laughs> bored. But, you know, there's a space for games like that, yeah. especially with the graphics these days. You know, you don't have to kill everything. You could just sit in a bush and take a photo of an antelope drinking from a watering hole. Lovely. Sounds nice. Uh, Buzz, the quiz game. Oh, right. Yeah. Where's that gone? Give us a give us a quiz game where you where you have physical peripherals. No one wants to buy plastic. Oh, I anymore. forgot to get my my buzz controllers while I was home this oh. week. Damn it. We were talking about that the other week. Damn. Pain. That was a fun one where you just launch a man from a catapult oh, yeah. and uh, into an, a, into an environment and do as much damage as possible. Break and all his bones. Break mm. as many things as possible. There's got to be spiritual successes to that out there, probably. SOCOM, a slightly more serious military shooter. Feels like there aren't that many military shooters anymore that have a budget behind them. A lot of them died out um, and it, because people stopped by. Everyone just bought Call of Duty instead. Super Rubber Dub, the delightful game where you have rubber duckies in a in in sort of like a, a a 3d space and you have to tilt the controller to tilt the stage and move the rubber duckies around and get them into the plug hole to escape the stage you want a spiritual successor to that i do yeah. want a spiritual success to that you want uh, some really weird stuff you know and that? finally the weirdest thing tokyo jungle this is a game that's set uh, in the future after humanity has left hmm. they're all sleeping probably and it's in Tokyo, which has been overgrown. And you play as an animal of your choice. And you have to survive. So you have to eat. You have to procreate with other animals of your species. And you can play as all sorts of different animals, like big cats that have escaped from the zoo. Or mm -hmm. even elephants, I think. Maybe not elephants. But like really big animals. And you just sort of have to survive. It's, it was a really interesting and weird I game. I seeing that, but I never played it. I just feel like Sony <laughs> published and made a lot of 
really interesting stuff in the PS3 days and and they've just sort of given up on all of it um, mm. in favor of, uh, you know, big budget uh, narrative driven single player games, which I do enjoy, but I like the weirder stuff. And if I could get spiritual successes to all of those, I would like that <laughs> a lot. So. Wow. so there. Sounds good. Sounds, sounds delightful. It's time now, I believe, for the big discussion. Oh, it's big discussion time, time for the big video game discussion that comes this week courtesy of Nick Mellish, who says, Hi Plopsicles, how much do you think performance and graphics really impacts the general public? The online discourse with the Nintendo Switch is continually saying how awful and underpowered the console is, and how we desperately need a Switch Pro, and Nintendo are idiots for not giving it to us. But the sales tell and suggest people just don't care. Is there a large disconnect between players and Twitter slash YouTube voices, or are they on to something? That's the thing, Nick. You make a good point. Sometimes there's a very, very vocal, loud group of people saying stuff like, hey, why doesn't this game have 120 FPS? Or why isn't it ultra 4K shiny? <laughs> I can see every hair on that guy's ass. 1080i <laughs> or we riot. Yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, it's difficult sometimes, I think, to separate what probably the overall opinion is on a certain subject or a certain game versus what the what it appears to be when you go online, when you go on Twitter or on YouTube. Um, and so I suppose the best way to actually gauge that is to go by sales. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if uh, the sales are suggesting that people don't actually seem to care, which, you know, seems to perhaps be the case, then I'd like to think that that is the case uh, all around, really. Um, I personally don't care so much about performance and graphics as long as it, well, I think performance, as long as a game has to run properly, if mm -hmm. it's all stuttery, that's no good. But certainly graphical fidelity, I don't mind so much, uh, provided a game has a compelling story and is just fun to play. Um, but uh, yeah, as I say, you, you do just get a lot of people screeching about resolution and uh frame rate and and so on like super high frame rates as long as it's got i can even i can still play games in 30 mm. um fairly happily without you know stressing about it um 60 is nice obviously but anything above that i really don't care that much um and uh i mean as far as i'm aware i think it is probably likely as with many things in the in the gaming world and the world of pop culture generally um, you do just have a very large, uh, sorry, a very loud, perhaps minority on social media and on YouTube and so on, um, complaining about things. And yeah, it, it all comes down to sales, really. So I don't know about you guys, how you feel about it. I personally think that Nintendo do need to make a Switch Pro just simply because uh, the games that they're bringing out, just they don't run as well on the Switch anymore. Um but having said that, I think like Peter says, I, I care more about performance than I do about graphics. And if a game runs well and works, the average person isn't really going to have an issue with it. But if you're, if we start getting games from Nintendo that don't run on the Switch, like I have no idea how Tears of the Kingdom is going to run on the Switch because I mean, Breath of the Wilds did, but that came out five years ago now, six years ago. So you know, these things have been upgraded. Have they changed much or are they having to work down to what the Switch can handle? But um, I think that the performance of the game is is important because 
if an average person gets a game and they're not on Twitter or they don't watch, don't consume much media online, then they'll see a game that doesn't run and they'll either send it back or they'll, you know, not play it and the game won't get played. Obviously, if they've already bought it, then, you know, they don't care. It's already being, they've already got the money. But if they're sort of like a parent, for example, sees a game that doesn't run very well on their kid's Switch and their kid's complaining because they're like, oh, mum, the game, the game keeps stopping or closing, then they're probably going to send it back more likely than, you know, an average yeah. person who can't be asked might. But, um, I think that eventually Nintendo are going to run into an issue where the games that they are producing, which have to meet a certain standard nowadays for a lot of people, are just not being... They're not able to run on the Switch because the Switch is still using hardware that is the last generation of consoles that you know that most um, people use. I think it's going to keep selling and I think people are going to keep buying the Switch. And I think that, if anything, you know they're doing really well in that department. But I also think that eventually they're going to run themselves into the ground and they're going to run out of things that will run on the Switch. And unless they come out with a more powerful Switch, they're going to have to completely reimagine their whole system because eventually games are going to stop working on the Nintendo Switch. So I think that maybe it's not that important right now, but eventually it's going to be very integral that Nintendo upgrades their stuff or their games are going to suffer. Mm. I think. Yeah, I didn't think to specifically talk about the Switch, but yeah, I think in that instance, mm. if they if they want to keep bringing out these current, you know, mainstream games on the Switch and try and still kind of compete in that in that field, something is going to have to give. Um, yeah. Mm. Yep. Uh, the I think it's fairly safe to say that the Switch predominantly attracts a fairly casual audience, um, and historically, casual audiences just don't either they don't really care or they simply do not or or additionally they 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 do not have a voice within the sort of core bubble within which we find ourselves you know talking about games and dissecting them if you're listening to this you're part of the core audience of video games because you care enough to actually want to hear them discussed and dissected and so on and for a lot of people who play games that's not the case they just want to buy it and play a game or be distracted on, you know, in the back of a car because they're seven years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of Switch sales that will tie directly into that. You guys are both bang on that it probably is time for a more powerful uh, version, but this is the double-edged sword of being a hybrid console in that, yeah. you know, you've got to make it small enough. The form factor's got to be good enough that uh, that it can be portable still and i would say that the switch for me personally is probably at the maximum size that i would feel comfortable using it i think it's uh, too big about i find it uncomfortable i play a lot of switch in bed and have been recently and i find it awkward to Mm. play um it's not so bad when it's like on my lap and i'm playing it you know in in a car or whatever uh or on public transport but certainly i i think it's it's a it's a lengthy it's a lengthy lad, and if they went any bigger than that, I think they would have an issue. Technology's moved on a long way in the past few years. There are solutions, but these are problems that they're going to have to grapple with. And then, do they have a two tiered system? Do they have a PS4 Pro, a Series X to their Xbox One, their PS4 base model? Mm. And then, are they having to get developers to develop? two versions are we going to run into issues like we did with uh god of war ragnarok like the ones you were voicing about how while it's gorgeous and runs really well on a ps5 
could they perhaps have done a lot more with it if it was just on PS5? Like mm -hmm. some of the settlements feeling a little underpopulated because it, this version also has to run on PS4 as well. Um, and would the basic Switch then suffer in the sense, in the same way that uh, we're hearing with the Xbox Series? People, you know, some developers are saying the Series S is hard. It, it's difficult yeah. to, you know, we feel obliged, or sometimes we're legally obliged to produce a, a version that works on the Series S, and mm. we just rather develop for the X and if a Switch Pro came out yeah. would you it's, have people favoring that it's going to be a headache to to, to police that uh, yeah. by by Nintendo you know what well, what is the policy going to be and then uh, potentially these they I think they're now the second best selling home console of all time after the PS2 they've overtaken the PS4 recently mm -hmm. and so this the momentum of this thing is not slowing down and a lot of people are still buying switches are they gonna sell a load of switches and then suddenly say here's the the switch plus or the switch pro it's more powerful it's gonna better handle our suite of games and our our vision for the future of Nintendo you know going forwards but we aren't actually going to release any of these games on the on the original Switch, mm -hmm. or is it the Switch, or is it treated as a proper sequel? Like here's the Switch Two, and we can still release some games on the on the original Switch. But this is actually, I feel like Nintendo has a real problem sometimes with naming conventions, especially when they have a piece of hardware that does really really well, like the Wii. They followed up with the Wii U, and even in the core audience, us following along, we were all kind of baffled by that. Mm. Like. What a strange name. That's confusing and weird. And how's that going to then translate to a casual audience who doesn't follow along with games? If they do the Switch Plus or whatever, the Switch Pro, and it is, strictly speaking, a sequel console in that it's got its own games, they need a good name. They need to be able to convey that to a casual audience. Otherwise, they're going to run into a lot of problems, mm. I think. Uh, which isn't going to be ideal. But yeah, I prefer performance over over graphics and there is a huge disconnect between a casual audience and, uh, and a core audience and that's always been the case. Yeah, so. but I do also think that just because people, like, in, not in every instance, as we've seen recently, the loudest group aren't necessarily, like, always correct, mm -hmm. but there is most of the time some basis in what people are saying in terms of this discourse specifically. People are saying that the Nintendo Switch runs games badly and is underpowered because it's now becoming underpowered at the moment they might be over exaggerating and it might be that the vocal ones are just so loud that most people are like well i like my switch it's fine mm. but there is still some basis in what they're saying and again not every time but most of the time the core kind of argument that people are having does tend to stem from somewhere um so maybe there is this disconnect and people are louder, but there is kind of always a little murmur of something about something that's yeah. that's going to be even in the most casual players of being like, oh, I don't really use my Switch anymore because I just think the games don't run as well. On well, me. that's the thing. Yeah. And those casual players probably just won't voice that opinion yeah. or know where to voice it. It doesn't mean they yeah. don't have those thoughts. They just put their Switch on their dock and they don't pick it up. Well, exactly. They're just like, well, the new Pokemon game was a bit rubbish. I probably won't get the next Pokemon game and that'll be it. And mm. they won't tell anyone or communicate that to anyone because they don't need to. You know, yeah. they're not going to come on a podcast <laughs> and, no. and say, oh, Switch is running a bit rubbish, isn't it? Uh, there's a lot to be said for obviously optimizing the games. It was pretty clear that the most recent Pokemon game was not ready to launch mm -hmm. um, and will probably be a very different pro product in like a year from now. Uh, but yes, the, the the truth the truth remains that it's it's probably about time to start looking at a, either more powerful hardware 
uh, or a more more powerful iteration or sequel hardware. Mm. Um, I would like them to do another hybrid console though. Mm-hmm. But again, it presents a lot of issues, mm. a lot of things to overcome. I was going to say um, with the the, sort of the vocal people saying, you know, you know, voicing issues that they might have with say the Switch. Uh, yeah, the people who are maybe further out of the of the bubble might not, you know, either say those things or or be aware of that conversation. But if you're somewhere on the fence and you're like you're kind of looking into the video game world and maybe wanting to get more into it, that could be where you start to encounter it. So you might be thinking, do I get a Switch? And perhaps you think, I'll go on YouTube mm. and I'll do a Google for, I'll do, I'll do a search on YouTube for a review or I'll search Google and find out what people are saying. And that might be where you encounter those those slightly noisier people. Mm. Um, so I suppose that is where it can have an effect is those people who are thinking of dipping their toe into something and and, and kind of looking into it and doing a bit of research and then maybe that's where you start to see some of these opinions so it probably does have uh, an occasional impact on uh, a sales choice every now and then so yeah. Uh, yeah i do also think that nowadays people are more likely to speak to like their peers or look online mm-hmm. for recommendations whether they should or, should or shouldn't buy something whereas like my parents would always have looked on like consumer reviews and yeah. like in the magazine or on, like what's mm-hmm. the, the gadget show yeah yes. yeah yeah. Uh, but now people are more likely to speak to their friends. Like, I ask my friends, like, oh, you've got this game. Mm. Is it worth buying? Or I'll be, like, suggesting to my friends, like, who aren't necessarily gamers, like, hey, you'll really like Disney Dreamlight Valley. You should install it. Um, but don't get it on the Switch. Don't get it on the Switch. You probably surround yourself with like-minded people for the most part. But, yeah, mm. if you it's if you just sort of broadly ask social media, that's where you might start to encounter some, like, some some louder views and some... In some cases, some some to one extreme or the other extreme. Mm. Um, but like you say as well, there's there's always a kernel of truth into the some of the opinions that are being shouted about. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, let us know in the comments below what you think of a more powerful Switch. Would you like one? And how should Nintendo do it? Should it be a sequel device? Should it just be another model? What what are they gonna do? What are you going to do? You're in charge yeah. now. We've decided you're in control. They're so. going to read the comments and do whatever you say. They are. Well, unlucky them. <laughs> be nice to each other. The natural assumption as well with sequel consoles is to always just number it so it'll be like Switch 2. Mm. But if you think about it, the only people who've ever done that is PlayStation. It's true. Every other console has has it come up with some sort of weird other name. Xbox confused me. Yeah. I don't understand it. Series X and S. So yeah, that was that. that was a bit of an odd one. But people do understand it, I think think probably mm. i always forget which one's which like the which X, ones yeah. Is, yeah. yeah and yeah it's yeah i think the naming is going to be really important yeah. um or maybe not at all yeah it's, maybe they'll it's just hard keep to say releasing games for this switch mm-hmm. until this the, the game that you put on your switch where the switch physically explodes oh what a nice freeze frame we've got oh, there. Oh, another one right, how long yeah. have we been like that not I'm for not very sure. long uh, and then the the Switch U will be released. Yeah. Perhaps. Oh my God, they can't do that. No. The Switch 3D. <sighs> the Switch One. Okay. Mm. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, there's all sorts of ways you can get in touch with us. Peter's going to tell you some of them right now. Go to youtube.com or twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump to see us doing videos and live streams. We stream on both. And when we're streaming on both, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Charling Badger, and Mr. Black. Hey, have you got Amazon Prime? Part of that bundle that you are paying for includes a Twitch sub that you can spend on anyone you like. So why not spend it on us? Mm. 
twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump for video and live stream announcements legacy video content being uploaded there highlights of the week from twitch uh, little bits of weird news and loads of stuff it's all put there by fraser and sometimes us but mostly fraser thank you fraser mm. uh, tiktok.com forward slash at team triple jump for our tiktok where Ashton is ticking and sometimes talking. Mm. Um, and patreon.com forward slash team triple jump to have a look at our Patreon, where there are loads of different tiers with loads of different rewards. So why not look at them all and see if one of them tickles your fancy? Tickle. Tickle. Oh, mm. um, if you would like to go to our website, it's triple j dot mup, triple j u dot mp, spells jump, it's very clever. If you want to join our Discord, triple j dot mup forward slash Discord, chat with our wonderful community. On Discord, we're modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Hollow Eyes. And if you to do something, bloody well do it, all right? And don't be... Don't be any of the icks, transphobic, homophobic, racist. Don't do any of that no. in our Discord, no, please. please. Um, if you would like to listen to the podcast in its audio forms, why not go to triplejet.mup forward slash podcast or check out one of our live stream VODs at triplejet.mup forward slash VODs. And if you want to book a cameo from any of us three or James Jenkins, okay. why not go to triplejet.mup forward slash cameo. And if you want to buy some sick and cool merch, including the re-released It's Sports Time, t-shirt and this in black and this is it still available yeah i think so yeah, yeah. it should be and this shirt probably and, and that shirt and um, you can go to triplejumpshop.com and make sure you're following at triplejumpshop on twitter for the latest match announcements absolutely instagram twitter follow peter and ashton on them they're there at that peter austin and at scrambled ashton do you want me to continue to promote hive not until uh twitter craps itself yeah no i'm all right okay they're there just yeah. so you know. And I'm just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday being the joint stream. Amazing. On YouTube, the weekday other weekday streams being the solo streams on Twitch. That was really hard to say. Worst games ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday and we do shows all the bloody time. Come check them out. Why not leave a five-star review on iTunes or your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. iTunes is probably really outdated now. I don't know that anyone listens on iTunes anymore maybe I apple choose. podcasts apple, is probably yeah. what it is we need to update that anyway there's uh, all sorts of stuff coming out slash has come out this week is isn't hasn't there been yes yeah you've done a quip scope haven't I you did. yes a sponsored quip scope with jeff jackets uh all about blanc blanc, blanc. or blank mm. i think it's blanc uh which is a lovely co-op game i think you'd really like it actually it's I've only seen a couple it of hours I think it long looks really nice. it's beautiful and uh there's footage of that on the channel now it's a sponsored video would really appreciate it if you could click the trackable link that's in the description in the pinned yeah. comment it, it that would help an awful lot but it, it genuinely it's a really nice little game serene mm. i liked it, it. Looks. i really liked it mm. we also have a ranked list coming out this hopefully hopefully yeah. This week, uh, where we'll be ranking every Castlevania game. Alex is fairly confident it will be, it will be out. Brilliant yeah. editor Alex thinks it's going to be done, and He's this is also the debut work of our, one of our new ranked writers, mm. Travis. Mm. So it's very excited. Go show your support on that video if indeed it is out. Also, worst games ever. Uh, if indeed it's out, it will be out. Um, uh, Generator Rex. Also, a debut edit on Worst Games Ever by Alex. <gasps> yes. Our editor. Yeah. So James yeah. is getting a little break. Yeah, he yeah. is. 
so Alex has done the main menus over the years. Although James has done used to do them as well, didn't he? Or no, you used to I think do it was them. Me. Was there ever a crossover period where James did one? Don't no. know, I think it went straight to Alex. Straight to Alex when we revamped it. Yeah. So you'll know Alex from um, main menu and the ranks. But now he's doing a West Games ever as well. Mm, as, so well. as well. <laughs> Hopefully more main menus coming soon mm. as well. The yeah. first few months have been very busy and yeah. everyone's been off Dropping sick like or flies. you know yeah. all kinds of things. So hopefully more main menu coming your way soon. Mm. Yes. We're working on it. Mm. Uh, don't we worry. Stabilize the table somehow. Yeah. Yes, without the str- I've drunk the strongbow can, so <laughs> okay. we can't use those anymore. Uh, Easter, don't worry. We, we will triple jump will be here to save Easter. Mm. Yes. Um, by the time the next main menu is out. Okay, Ashton, yes. is there a sponsor? There is. Uh, it's set in the 1980s in America on the boardwalk and that kind of thing. Uh, it is like a dragon, bitchin'. 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 Fantastic. Exactly. Thank you so much for listening slash watching, everybody. You look after yourselves, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>